You are listening to the Remote Local Podcast. Learn the best tips to build a local business you can run from anywhere in the world and get the financial and location freedom you desire. Welcome to the show. What's happening, podcast listeners? I'm David Lahav with my co-host, Neil Parekh. And today we're going to do the anti-end-of-year resolution podcast <laughs> and get away from the boring, like, planning, budgeting, blah, 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 and actually share um, how to get excited about the new year and what we were actually doing that's been working for us. Cool. Let's talk about this, man. And I agree. I think year-end resolutions and and planning and like look i kind of like planning so like in terms of making <laughs> financial models for made this like i like it but it's not the most exciting topic and i think what really excites me is uh creating a plan for cool stuff i want to do next year so i've actually mm-hmm. been working to be like uh, my 2022 calendar um and actually heard this concept do you know jesse itzler yeah you know who that is cool yeah, yeah. He, he's he's a uh, i mean super inspirational dude he's uh for anyone listening he's the guy who founded like zico water um i know him because he he's like a motivational speaker he's married to sarah blakely who owns spanx and but more more importantly i think he just does crazy shit um and then he was talking about how he's able to fit so much into his life and he's like i just planned the whole year in advance I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And he he literally has something called a big ass calendar club, um, which I actually joined one time. And it's just a massive calendar. And he schedules out every single weekend for the year of, of things he actually wants to accomplish. And his concept is, hey, if I schedule it, it will get done. Right. So mm. any big things he wants to do for the year, he puts it in writing and plans it and books it way ahead of time. And then, you know, there's open weekends and stuff of stuff he doesn't plan. And that's fine. But the big stuff gets done that way. So I've actually taken that and ran with it, and I'm doing that as well. I love it. Um, and, and that to me is the key, Neil. So whatever your process is, whether you're more like Neil and also enjoy the business planning and look at numbers and, and stuff like that, or whether if you're a little bit more like me and you get more excited by, um, yeah, like non-business goals and and travels and experiences um then whatever it is for you i think the key is to get really excited and for that one of the first things that i found that's really helpful neil is to create spaciousness so ending the year with more spaciousness with some time off doing something inspirational Uh, Mm -hmm. some of my favorite ways that i've done that so one was a trip to bali where we had, I think, almost a week of just hanging out with friends with the few days before New Year's, a okay. few days after New Year's, yeah, and just like chilling, having a great time, and starting to connect to vision and what you're calling in for this new year. And, okay, so pretty much almost like take a vacation, give yourself some breathing room, mental breathing room, and you're actually going to be able to figure out what you actually want to do before you even start the planning process. Yeah, like what are you excited about? Connecting to that vision. You've been well, working so hard throughout the year. Holiday times tend to be crazy with travel and family and gifts and trying to, you know, take care of work during that time and your other responsibilities. So really 
clearing out your plate and yeah, really connecting to, okay, so why am I doing all of this? What's the larger goal? What has been really fun for me? What looks fun for me as I think of next year and, and start pulling on those threads, journaling, reading books, talking to friends about it, being in inspirational geographies like nature or vacation mm-hmm. or the beach and, and really connecting to that inspired feeling. Interesting. Okay. So what are you excited about next year? So first and foremost, uh, the three-month meditation teacher training mm-hmm. that I'm you off have to. have a podcast about that? Completely off-grid. We made a podcast about it. Uh, for me, that's almost, you know, the, the full focus on what next year is going to be about. So the first three months are actual training. And then I'm really curious to find out what's going to happen next. And the intention is to begin teaching it as well. Got it. I'm curious what realizations you have during that. And I have a feeling that that's almost like you said, Hey, you went to Bali for a week before the new year. I think you're going to have a three month break before you actually figure out your actual vision, right? You'll kind of see what it is after training, see what realizations you come to and kind of more appropriately cast your vision. So it's almost like before these three months, after these three months, let's see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Although I do want to say that it's different. So when okay. I when I do a vacation or something more inspiring that way, it's much more a lot of free time, not having calls, not doing work. Um, whereas this training is going to be the opposite. It's almost like spiritual boot camp <laughs> with, mm. with a full schedule start to finish. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll talk a little bit about what I'm planning for next year. Yeah, and I'd love how to I'm hear doing about this. That. So, uh, um, I sat down with my big ass calendar and said, "Okay, what what stuff do I actually want to do?" And I've kind of decided, "Hey, once a quarter, I want to have some very unique experience, right?" And then once a month, I'll probably do. Um, I want to do once a month something new, but like more of like a big experience once a quarter. So in February, I'm doing a ten day desert island survival. So mm. I plan that it's off of Panama. Um, so I'll be off the grid completely. Uh, and that's just a new experience, right? It's going to, I have to prep for it. I have to make sure my business is in a point where I've, I could take off 10 days. And luckily right now it is. Um, I just have to get ready for it and, you know, get my mind right. And that's a cool, cool new experience. And what I'm planning ongoingly is every quarter to do something else. So the next quarter I've already planned, um, I'm going to do a motorcycle trip in Mexico. Mm. So plan for that and just working on getting that solidified. And my goal is uh, just because I planned this stuff in the past and it hasn't got done. My goal is to literally book it now, uh, at least for the first couple quarters, because mm-hmm. I think it'll get more done versus like, you know, find some excuses like, oh, it's not a good time. I'm onboarding a new franchisee or something and I can't do it. And I'll just make excuses to get out of this scary thing. So actually, my goal is to book the cool stuff I know internally I want to do now, just so I don't mm-hmm. have any opportunity to back out of it. I love it, Neil. Um, yeah, so something I'm, I'm hearing between the lines that I think is really important as I reflect on your journey and my journey as well is realizing what works well for you and what kind of person are you. Mm-hmm. And in your case, you found, oh, what really works for me is to take a big adventure every quarter and the mm-hmm. rest of the time be in my home base and crush it with work, more or less. Is, is that yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And with some more spontaneous like weekends and stuff, but like that's exactly for now what I'm feeling I want to do is like 
big adventure, home base, crushed out work because I'm super motivated by that. So yeah, 100% agree. Love it. For, for me, it looks more like being in the mode that you're describing of, of being at home base, you know, crushing work. Mm-hmm. For me, it's more around maybe like two months of that and then one month adventure mm. and then kind of cycling between them. So the adventure can be going to Israel to visit my friends and family. Um, I would love to go to India next year. Yep. So I'm calling that in, uh, going surfing in Mexico for a month. Like th- those kind of things for me are the the adventures that I'd like to schedule at least three or four um, every year. Are you off the grid when you do that? No. Okay. I'm not off the grid. I'm in, but I'm more in maintenance mode. Yep. So I probably am not going to take on new projects, start new businesses or new partnerships or, or anything like that, because the idea during that time is to be present in the experience and then more of being maintenance mode with everything I already have going on. So easily could could be, you know, working 10 to 20 hour work weeks during during those times. And it kind of makes me think of a realization I recently had, which we talked about is um, time in your business doesn't necessarily equal to growth. Like you, I think a lot of the most successful people work way less than us, right? It's just that they're able to pack much more in that time. So if you could be I don't, it's not even efficient, but just impactful with your time, then you really could accomplish in two months what someone needs three months to do. Therefore, you can take that one month of maintenance and you're still doing well. And the goal for you is not to like, if your whole goal is growth, then of course you can say, hey, I want to do the whole three months of being super productive. But your goal is to grow modestly, but not, doesn't have to be 500% year over year. So you're, it's fine for you to be extremely productive two months and then one month be in maintenance mode. And I, I, I like that actually. And, and it's not only that, but that's the way that it works for me over the long term. So if I stay over the two months and turn into three or four months of head down, you know, grinding type dynamic, um, I actually lose steam, lose efficiency. Mm-hmm. So this is the optimal cycle for me for being in high energy in both of them and creativity um, and, and kind of that ebb and flow. Yeah, I love it, man. And. <laughs> So and on the personal side, that's kind of how we're approaching it. And I, at least for me, it's more of a planning perspective from you. Loosely planning, but maybe I think it's going to be wait and see what happens after the three months. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a, a couple more things I, I want to throw in there. So yeah. first is this concept of de-averaging. Um, I can't remember who kind of coined that, but I think there, there is an author that wrote a book about it. De-averaging. De-averaging. So the idea okay. is... Um, and again, this is about knowing yourself, mm-hmm. but the idea of the averaging is saying instead of working really hard five days a week as an entrepreneur, five days a week, and then being completely off for two days, perhaps you're the type of person that is happy to go two or three weeks really deep in, in work and really focused and then not really take weekends off, like maybe here and there, you know, some nights, mm-hmm. but then take a month off or take two weeks off. And so on average, you're going to end up having the same amount of free time as someone who does, you know, kind of a weekend warrior type vibe. Yeah. Um, but you're de-averaging it. You're front loading a lot of the work and then you you have a lot of the off time. Later. Interesting. So that's, that's true for, for weekends, experiences, anything that you can think of, you can handle that way. I can, I'm wondering how I am. I kind of like... I'd almost consider myself a, I prefer to work 
five hours a day, but I'll work more days of the week and that's fine with me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'd rather, as opposed to like four 10 hour days or something like that, I'd rather just say, eh, I'll, I'll work from until three or four, have a great time, but do this seven days a week. And I am totally fine with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, of Beautiful course, example. some things prevent me from doing that would be like, if I'm going off the grid for like multiple days at a time, that's like, okay, I kind of got to play a little bit of catch up then. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, I think I agree with the de-averaging. I like that concept. <laughs> and, and the second thing I want to throw in is, you know, so far we kind of poo pooed on numbers and projections and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I do want to mention that at least on the mindset level, I do find it really helpful. So if you have a real goal, a real desire for a certain level of abundance or financial freedom, then I find it's really helpful to look at what you're doing right now and having some sort of clarity, some sort of overall plan to see if it's going to connect. And that overall plan can be this year I'm setting the foundation for that big plan down the road to happen. Or it can be more like, okay, this is what I need to happen. Some examples, maybe in your case, Neil, um, I know you, you don't really work that way, but theoretically, let's say that you wanted to make an extra million dollars next year. Mm -hmm. um, and then franchising is the main thing you're doing. So you can look at that and say, you know, I need, and again, I know you're actually have the opposite approach where you're trying to like minimize it and have quality and, and like not worry too much about hitting any big numbers. Um, but if you wanted to do that, you could easily break it down and say, okay, I need 50 new franchisees and I need their average sales to be whatever number. And then I'm going to hit the goal by default. I agree. And like, let's talk about a little bit in terms of business planning, because mm -hmm. to be honest, that's kind of one of my favorite things. And then what we're going to be doing, I made this, which we do with the franchisees, which is forecasting what we need for next year. And here's the reason is you need to know how much money you're going to have to work with to make key hires that you need to make in order to have more freedom for yourself. Right? So for next year, I set our projections and the way I said it would be, hey, we need X number of cleaners in order to hit these goals, right? Because the bottleneck for only home services is for the most part labor. Mm -hmm. Um, so we need X amount of cleaners to hit that goal. Cool. How do I get those cleaners with the resources I have? Oh, I don't have those resources. I need to hire a recruiter. So I've already hired a recruiter because I'm getting ready for next year to make sure that person's trained up. Cause I know that's going to be my biggest bottleneck. But if I mm -hmm. did not do this exercise and figured out, Oh, how much money do I have to budget? And this is play money, right? You're just moving things around in Excel model, but you know, the goal is to track towards that play money. Then I wouldn't have been able to hire this person ahead of time and get ready for the new year. And now I know key pieces I need to hire in order to get to where I want next year, not from a revenue profit level, but also more importantly, from getting me off of the business level, right? Mm -hmm. I, need a, I need to have a certain money to do that. Um, so forecasting and actually doing the work. And I spent like a couple of weeks playing with this model, right? Back and forth, tweaking things, asking people's opinions. So it took a while, but it's hugely helpful to have an idea and a plan of where you need to go. So no matter how small your business is, I totally recommend some small financial model of where you want to go. If you're in home services, do that based off of the technicians you need to hire, then everything is going to flow from there. Beautiful. I love it, Neil. And I want to add one little thing to it. Mm -hmm. So I find that it works even better if you go through the exact process that Neil has mentioned and you're tracking your motivation and also looking at how society or other people benefit from your goals happening. 
So hmm. for example, with what we what Neil just mentioned, so he's going to be um, hiring more people, so helping those people provide for their families, and he's going to be serving more customers with trustworthy quality service that's going to make people's life better in cleaning. It means they don't need to spend their time, they don't need to worry about it, and they really enjoy a clean and fresh environment. And by tracking that as well, uh, at least for me, for example, now with meditation, um, I could track it with how many students I'll be teaching mm-hmm. during the year. And I'm excited to bring this teachings, these teachings and technique to Israel for the first time and potentially teach in Israel. Um, so those are things that get me excited when I think about the benefit to other people. And that can be the main source of, of motivation and the main goal to track, or at least a secondary goal, uh, which, which at least for me in my experience really helps, uh, with the motivation, with feeling great about it mm-hmm. and tracking the progress and, and the energy, right. As you get good feedback from employees, clients, um, students, etc. Yeah. I love it, man. And that made me think even at least what every person has an individual driver for me, it's I can look at the model. I can see at the end of the year how much profit we would have if we hit these goals. We do a profit share at the end of the year. And I want to reward my team. Like That makes me feel so good to say, hey, here's a fat check at the end of the year. So I know if we hit these goals, I would be able to reward my team, reward my team and how impactful that is for people who have been with me for years. I think that's sweet. So um, agreed. I think looking at how much value you provide with that financial forecast is huge. Beautiful. So I yeah. know we're, we're running close to time, but there's one mm-hmm. more thing I want to mention. So my friend today mentioned this quote by Mike Tyson, which is everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. (laughs) So with all this yearly planning, the most important thing for my my piece is going through this process, Mm -hmm. finding out new things about what you actually would like to create. What what is your exciting vision? How can that look like next year? But then realizing that next year could look you know, very differently than what we projected, can have unexpected things, could mm-hmm. hit some of our goals early or something like COVID or uh, a big financial crisis can happen. And then we can pretty much throw out the plan and, and need to adjust. So that's right. totally fine. Uh, it doesn't mean failure in any way. Success is just going through the process, getting excited for the new year and and making some plans to to go towards that goal, no matter what. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. Cool. Well, thank you all for listening to another episode of the remote local podcast, and we will catch you next week. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with May This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.